Pro Group Management. Workers' Comp that works for you. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers on the broadcast today. The State of Nevada Infrastructure Coordinator, Bob Lucy, here for the whole show on all new Nevada Newsmakers. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. Early in the morning or throughout the night, professional truck drivers are on the job, serving you, safely moving freight that's crucial to our economy. From the oldest industries to our newest innovators, from the exotic to the everyday, trucks are everywhere, moving everything, never afraid to embrace a future that makes Nevada and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development, building community with every project, adding beauty, adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, go to tollsdevelopment.com, tollsdevelopment.com. Nevada Newsmaker Studio is located at the headquarters of the Nevada Trucking Association. Motion and purpose are a truck's greatest virtue. This is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad on No Holds Barred Political Forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers Broadcast Headquarters, here is Sam Shad. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we are pleased to welcome back to the program Bob Lucy who is now the State Infrastructure Director. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Yes, it's a huge honor. I'm really happy to be part of the uh, Lombardo Cabinet and working for the state now. A little bit different than what I've done in the years past, but uh, it's uh, actually a great transition for me. For all the years that I spent with RTC and with the county working on infrastructure projects, you know, from roads and working with the airport and uh, different, this is really right up my alley. So. Uh, I'm very excited about it, and you know we're only th you know, a few days into uh, this new year, and and uh, I'm I'm just getting my feet wet, but really happy to be part of that. All right, so let's expand on this. So, what exactly does the state infrastructure director do? So, um, so the state infrastructure coordinator is a position that was created through the bipartisan infrastructure law that was put into place uh, in 2022. And out of that came the IIJA, which is the Invest in Infrastructure and Jobs Act. And that was that $500 billion that was spread across the country to pay for infrastructure needs and really re-energize the economy. As part of that, each state was mandated to enlist a infrastructure coordinator to help um, mediate those dollars between the federal government and the state and then make sure that they were allocated to the proper agencies uh, and made sure that they, so that's really what the, the job is, is so that I work with, so I work with our federal delegation and the federal government 
to make sure the, the formulaic funding comes back to our state departments. And then there's a, the, the second part of that is there is a number of grant funding opportunities through the uh, IIJA to all types of different things. And when we talk about infrastructure, we're talking about not just roads, you know, bridges, airports, uh, and, and, and rail, but we're talking about energy resiliency, we're talking about water infrastructure, we're talking about broadband, which is a, a, a huge one within our state. Uh, we're talking about wildland and urban interfaces in regards to um, how uh, fuels management. We're talking about um, things such as uh, environmental remediation for brownfields projects and different things like that. So identifying those grant opportunities and then taking those dollars not only from the federal government to the state, but then taking it out to the municipalities and the counties that may need these types of projects and don't have either, one, the access to those or, under, or the understanding that they're available, and two, helping them go procure those funds and bring them back and making sure that those projects are put, to, uh, put right on to, into fruition. Okay, does it require matching funds, um, uh, you know, at this point from the state? Because in, in the past, Senator Reid, for example, uh, when asked about how come Nevada doesn't get more money from the federal government, he said, well, we're very stingy in this state and we don't want to put up the matching funds and so there's a lot of money that's left on the table. Well, the nice thing about the bipartisan inf infrastructure law is that there are a lot of programs that aren't any matching funds. Um, we saw at NDOT, NDOT, we saw a 17% increase over the formulaic fund that was just, you know, that was just increased to their annual, uh, their annual uh, allocation. Um, and most of that went to uh, bridge improvements. So you'll see over the next couple years here in Washoe County, we're seeing, we'll have quite a few bridges on the I-80 corridor being improved. Um, some, there, a lot of those dollars helped offset some of the costs for the spaghetti bowl. Um, the, the Project Neon down in Las Vegas, the I-15 improvements, all of those are going to be from the formulaic funding. But for the grant, so there's actually quite a few grant opportunities. There are no matching dollars for either uh, state or county to, to, it's just available funding through the bipartisan that is just sitting in the Department of Treasury waiting to be, uh, you know, given out, passed away. Well, I applaud the fact that you remembered all the different entities that you're going to be responsible for, let alone actually doing them. Don't, don't you feel a little overwhelmed with the magnitude of this? This is, this is very, it's very complicated and it is very overwhelming because it's not just one department such as the Department of Natural Resources. It's not just one department such as Department of Transportation. And it's not one federal department that I'm working with. I'm working with the Department of Commerce. I'm working with the uh, Department of Transportation back there. I'm working with uh, the Department of Interior and BLM and making sure right of ways. And so there's a lot of moving parts to it, but I think this is really one of the reasons why uh, Joe entrusted in me this, this ability because I've worked in these, these arenas before. And I actually enjoy the multitude of conversations. And so much about this is understanding the relationships of the individuals that you're working with, the intent of really trying to separate federal policy to state policy to actual rural policy. And from my past, in, in my past tenure as commissioner, um, my last year I served as the president of NACO, the Nevada Association of Counties. 
And so I spent a lot of time with those, my rural counterparts, and I understand the challenges that they were going through. So nobody better than me to really go about and, and understand exactly what their needs are and then bring that back to the governor and our federal delegation and really help them understand and find those programs for them. Okay, uh, how, how big a staff do you have? You're, you, you, you're it. <laughs> team, team of one. We run a lean, mean machine in, in uh, Governor Lombardo's cabinet, but that's how we work. All right. Well, that, that sounds fabulous. And obviously, at this point, you don't have a ton of details on these kind of things. Um, but, you know, uh, anything uh, about Ivanpah that's popped up so far? Well, there's, we've actually, I've, I actually was in Vegas a few weeks ago and had uh, some good conversations with Rosemary Vasiliadis and, and the county staff down there about their future discussions about what Ivanpah might look like and, and you know, acquisition of the land and how we might move some uh, opportunities around for a second airport down in Ivanpah. You know, we've been working on with uh, the Brightline uh, group to make sure that they're moving forward. Because the, the idea, I understand, is that uh, there'll be a train stop. Uh, right if there. everything is approved for Brightline, that they will put in a train stop for Ivanpah, which would take care of the rail portion of getting people from Ivanpah into Las Vegas. Correct. Any discussion, uh, because uh, Andrew Dis was on the program and talking about this a couple of weeks ago, um, about uh, the idea that uh, some of the actual regular airlines, not just freight airlines, uh, might be moving to Ivanpah down the road. There, there, are some op there are some discussions about that potentially, and on, obviously there's still a long ways from that, but sure. yes. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of discussion about moving some of the, to kind of reduce the air traffic into Harry Reid, making sure that there's some opportunity to fly maybe some different charter airlines and some smaller, uh, smaller commuter flights down there, utilizing the, you know, Brightline rail to bring those individuals back into Las Vegas or, you know, so it's, it, there's some different discussions. There's even discussions about potentially the city of Henderson adding an airport. So there's a lot of moving parts. Would it, would it add or just improve on what they already have? They might turn theirs into a full commercial and improve on what they have. Uh, my friend Rick Vallada uh, did a story on this, um, I think it was last weekend or the week ago. Uh, great story. And, and he said that one of the concerns from Rosemary Vassiliadis is that um, uh, Harry Reid is going to run out of capacity in 2030, but they won't be able to get Ivanpah ready till 2037. And my thought was that that was, and, and I'm not accusing her of saying anything wrong, but it just seems that the pressure to not have a gap between Harry Reid being done uh, as far as any additional tra traffic um, and the seven years before Ivanpah opens, yeah. it sounds to me like there would be monies that would be moved rapidly. Yeah, and there could be some, I think there's more conversations. It's one that continuously comes up, especially w uh, within the governor's office and uh, has and, you know, multiple meetings that I've been in. Um, it's one of the discussions that's always there and we need to address that. And when you see the, that amount of the uh, travelers that come through Harry Reid, we need to address it. And even with, they're in the current, process of a master plan update, but even then, even if we were able to do everything they needed in their master plan update, they still don't have as much runway capacity as they need to facilitate the, the, the anticipated growth. We have massive events coming to uh, Las Vegas that are going to absolutely impact that travel. So 
there are things that we need to do. And well, do F1, to now 10 years instead Correct. of three years. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, the A's look like they're having no luck in Oakland whatsoever in getting right. that deal done. And so not only is the Tropicana site uh, still under discussion, um, but the, uh, the site next to Circus Circus um, is back into the discussion as well. So that's looking lightly. The Sphere, which is, what, 18,000, it'll seat, uh, opening with apparently U2, yeah. um, that's going to be another huge driver. So well, and then you, you still have more properties opening. Fountain Blue is still on process. You've got quite a bit going on in Las Vegas along the Strip. And then you take into, you take into account all that aging infrastructure. Right now we've got Tropicana completely shut down. Or as it's known in Vegas, Dropicana. Dropicana, <laughs> which was a very, which was, I have to get, I have to uh, tip my hat to NDOT because they took down two bridges in that overpass in eight days. It was amazing. In eight days. Eight days they closed that down and had it down, uh, both bridges, and it is gone. You know, so that was impressive how quickly they did that. But it will, it's going to take us quite a, a bit of time to get that back up. And that project isn't slated to get finished until 2024 in its, its entirety. But before I, by, by that time, we'll have had Super Bowl and F1. We're going to have issues, not only just for visitors, but for our, our working uh, individuals that live in that area. So when you have aging infrastructure that you need to improve, through, like the I-15, the 215 corridor, um, you have Tropicana and a number of bridges we need to fix, you need the ring road around the airport, you have all this capacity issues, yet we we're still growing as a, as a state and as a city with all these events. It's going to take a lot of coordination. Uh, you know, we got to work with the LVCVA. We have to work within the state governor's office. We have to work with Clark County. We have to work with the Strip and all of the properties well, and also, the NRA. What, what, this was a discussion back in the Gibbons administration uh, by at least advisors to the Gibbons administration uh, was that there's only so much money you can absorb in terms of construction for roads because you can't have the entire city tied up with cones because right. otherwise the public will rebel. Exactly. So it's, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a very balanced approach to this where you, how much can we do without having this upheaval from the, from the general public and, and really creating more of an issue because we're trying to improve it versus we need to get a lot of these projects done and completed so that we are not always chasing our tail. So it's a very balanced approach. Uh, uh, you know, Director Tracy Thomas, uh, Thomas uh, Larkin Tomlinson is uh, she's been doing a phenomenal job. She, you know, she has been an NDOT employee for uh, for over 30 years. Just came back from Washington D.C. Is now heading up the organization um, after Director Swallow. Um, and as of previous NDOT, she understands the issues. She's lived in Las Vegas. She she's looking to work with. And I have to I have to tip my hat to Governor Lombardo, all of his appointments to his cabinet and the, his his staff are tremendous. They're a hardworking team and they're really you know down and ready to get things fixed and work. It sounds to me like you've gotten a very exciting job. Let's take a break. We'll come back more with Bob Lucy after this timeout. It's the 10 million point break the bank giveaways at Tamarack Casino. Plus, win your share of 50,000 in cash. The 10 million point break the bank giveaways plus 50,000 in cash at Tamarack Casino. Now through February 25th. Your good times are at Tamarack Casino. Big R in Sparks is located on Bering Boulevard next to Smith's and across from Reed High School. It's a 50,000 square foot hardware store and a whole lot more. It's huge with clothing, 
power equipment, tools, and of course, hardware. Big R is located on Bering Boulevard in Sparks, next to Smith's and opposite Reed High School. Big R. Hardware and a whole lot more. The Do It Right guys at Nevada Heating have one mission. Your furnace breaks down today, we fix it today. Why freeze for days while your furnace is down when Nevada Heating can get the job done today and you can get warm again? For nearly 50 years, locally owned Nevada Heating has been getting the job done right. Call today at 323-5585 and we'll fix it today. That's 323-5585 or online at nevadaheating.com. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NV Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low. And our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way. Because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. Like a traditional handmade basket, retail is woven into the fabric of life in Nevada. From big box to mom and pop, retail supports our communities in countless ways. Jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over 1 in 10 workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail. R-A-N-N-V dot org. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Bob Lucy. He's the state infrastructure director. But prior to that, he was the former chair of the Washoe County Commission. So there are some issues I wanted to ask you about. Sure. Chris Thompson was here yesterday, and he was talking about um, a bill or maybe multiple bills uh, going to this legislative session um, that are going to attempt to take tax money from Story County and apply it to Washoe County, Reno Sparks. And, and his point is that, yes, Story County is gonna start making money once these incentives for Tesla go away, mm -hmm. but there has been so much investment from Story County and from uh, Roger Norman especially that there are a lot of bills to pay before anybody can think about tax money, plus the idea that um, even though Story County is creating the jobs and people are living in Reno Sparks, the people who are living in Reno Sparks and Marshall County are also spending huge amounts of money and that turns into tax dollars for those counties and cities. So what, what's your thought on all this? Because obviously this discussion was going on this when has you been still a, the county. Yeah, this has been a long time conversation while I was at the county commission <clears throat> and the, I think there's multiple ways to look at it. Uh, there are impacts from the inability for Washoe County to collect any type, even if we were there, the tax abatements had sunsetted and, and, and allowed for that tax collection, there's no way for Washoe County currently in law for us to get any of that subsidy or any of those dollars. And the claim has always been, well, we have to build the roads, we have to provide the schools, and, and, and so we should have some sort of you know, benefit from that growth and those taxes, those taxes collected uh, through the Tacarino Industrial Center. I see it a little bit differently. I've, I, I see it as kind of the same way as Chris, is that those individuals are, they're living in homes in which they pay property tax and realize 
50% or 50, 55% of the county's budget comes from property tax. So if, say, a worker is own, owns a home that works for Tesla or Switch or Apple, whoever, out in Tahoe Reno Industrial Center and lives in Washoe County out in Spanish Springs, they're paying Washoe County property tax, which is ultimately funding Washoe County as a whole. And like you said, they're all the infrastructure that, that is here within the county, the school, the grocery stores, the gas stations, you know, the restaurants, the entertainment, is in Reno and Sparks. And so they're collecting the sea tax from that. So it's, it's kind of a give and take. And, and the, let's be really honest. Yes, the, the, the initial abatements um, are, are set to, to sunset here soon. But who's to say that that, that GOED and the, the, the current administration isn't going to extend those abatements? Maybe that they haven't, they haven't, uh, th that's a, a possibility that they, those sunsets could be, you know, those abatements could be extended. Uh, is that under discussion? I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, that would, that's outside of my arena, but I, I know that, that that is an opportunity. It's a possibility. Because, you know, with another $3.5 billion investment, Tesla is looking, uh, presumably, to get additional abatements for that project. Correct. Do you think that that would be politically viable uh, if uh, Tesla were to get new abatements and then have the old ones extended? Uh, it, it could be, and it could be, it could be a, a copy, uh, complicated formula in the sense that a portion is, uh, you know, only a portion, maybe the new, the new construction, uh, the three and a half billion might be abated and the old construction might, uh, who knows? It could be, there's a number of different ways that they could probably slice that pie. And, and I don't know really that, I haven't been involved in any of those discussions, but I do know that there are opportunities that, that, that you know, Governor's Office of Economic Development, um, BNI, and you know, business and industry, and the governor can sit together and look and see whether or not it's fiscally viable and what can they do. But there is a significant amount of money that if those abatements were to come into play, that Story County would receive. But Story County, the way, from my understanding, the way the legislation was written is that it could, the state could come after those abatements in regards to funding, the ability to fund education. Uh, partnering counties could go, and I had initial conversations with Story County when I was a commissioner going, can we work on some sort of way with, if the abatements are going to uh, sunset that we can work on infrastructure needs, such as making sure that we have adequate roads to and from Tajarino Industrial Center to adequately, safely get people out there. Let's talk about public safety. What does that mean for your sheriff's office and my sheriff's office to make sure that, you know, we have public safety from speeding and, and traffic enforcement to different things of that nature. School funding, what can we okay, do for those so, so Sorry to interrupt you, but we're going to be running out of time here. Um, but what about the, the question of uh, Roger Norman is still owed a lot of money. I mean, it's well over, I think it's $150 million mm -hmm. in terms of the infrastructure that he put in. Story County uh, says that, that, that all kinds of infrastructure within Story County has not been upgraded because they haven't gotten the, the tax money. So I think what they're saying is, hey, let us regroup and get our act together right. before others start ta trying to go after our money. Yeah, and I think Chairman Carmona from Story County um, you know, and Austin and, uh, you know, uh, Chairman, Gil I mean, uh, Commissioner Gilman, 
I've had conversations with all of them, and they're absolutely right. They have they have still let, they have dilapidated uh, systems themselves that need to be addressed. They have issues with uh, roads in Lockwood. They have issues with roads um, in, in Gold Hill and and through Virginia City that need to be addressed. And so we can't shortchange them looking to fill our own coffers based upon something that they, they put in and, and that they, they could potentially see benefit for their residents. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Imagine a magical garden that feeds Carson City's hungry and homeless, teaches our high school students agriculture, creates hanging floral displays to beautify downtown, and yet charges nothing. It's not magic. It's the greenhouse project. It's real, it's growing, and it needs your help. Go online to CarsonCityGreenhouse.org so together we can grow it forward. ProGroup Management specializes in providing industries with the necessary components to satisfy and exceed workers' comp requirements. Every business has unique needs and specific regulations. ProGroup Management stays ahead of the curve, providing up-to-date services to keep your industry in top form. Discover how we simplify your tasks, improve efficiency, and reduce expense to keep you moving in a positive direction. ProGroup Management. Workers' comp that works for you. As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development, building community with every project, adding beauty, adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, go to tollsdevelopment.com, tollsdevelopment.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And back on Nevada Newsmakers, we continue our conversation with Bob Lucy, who apparently is going to be here enough times that he'll get his own parking space. <laughs> um, he's the former chair of the Washoe County Commission, currently the state infrastructure director. I wanted to ask you just quickly, because we're at, almost out of time here. Um, Mayor Sheevy was on the program a little while ago uh, mm -hmm. before the election, and she was talking about eSports in the bowling stadium. Yeah. And, and this would be a way to boost attendance there. Um, any quick thoughts on that? I think one, I think esports is one of those growing uh, pieces of business that within the tourism area, uh, you're seeing more kids participate in it. Um, I have always supported the mayor in that initiative. I think. RSCVA, uh, you know, we need to find different ways to reutilize a lot of the buildings and not make them just single-use uh, buildings, but really expand those opportunities. Esports seems to be a great one. You know, they're they're getting a hold of it in Las Vegas and using it, and it seems to be viable down there. So I see why not. I say we, you know, take advantage and continue to be innovative with how we approach these things. Okay, and you've got to buy 27 hats because you're going to need to wear all of them in your new job. Thank you for being here come back soon always okay? a pleasure Sam. we'll see Thank you in Carson you. City yeah and we'll be right back modern boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suite brand your event throughout the property flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization Take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. Snorkel personnel lifts are engineered beyond the industry norm to an uncommon level of safety. 
and durability and with an eye towards sustainability. They're also designed to be simple to operate and maintain. Snorkel, always at the cutting edge of progress. With Nevada's only transplant center and verified burn center, the science is here. With award-winning cardiologist and the state's only dedicated heart failure clinic, the talent is here. With Nevada's most advanced robotic surgery, the technology is here. And with the Silver State's only designated pediatric trauma center, hope is here. All because we are here. UMC. Each day, the Children's Advocacy Alliance partners with leaders, legislators, and families across Nevada to improve children's health, education, economic well-being, and safety. We recognize Nevada will be no better than the state of its children. Be a part of this change. Be a supporter of the Children's Advocacy Alliance. For more information, go to caanv.org. As always, you can watch Nevada Newsmakers 24 hours a day at NevadaNewsmakers.com. We'll see you on the next show.